Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. Now, listen, last week we had a short week because it was a holiday. This week we had to go the whole whole entire mile. Uh, and it's been a week. So let's go ahead and get into it. But before I start that, let me go ahead and welcome you in. First, if this is the first time that you have listened to Conversations with Toy, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am grateful to have you here. I'm excited. I hope that there's something that you hear today and and this episode is going to be beneficial and helpful to you. That is always the case. You know by now, or maybe you shouldn't because you're you're new, that we are going or I'm going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about self-care. We bring in guests from every walk of life and we talk about different aspects of living, living and living and living because we want to live the best life that we possibly can. And in order to do so, sometimes we have to take a step back and find out the times that we're wrong. Sometimes we find out that we're not doing things as well as we should and we may need to pivot. I know we hate that word because we used it so much after the panorama, but What I will say is that, yes, pivoting is a normal part of life. I don't care what word you use to describe it because you can use different words to describe the focus of pivoting, but learning how to change, how to adjust. And let me just say, if you have an adjustment disorder, that means that you have a struggle with adjusting to things when things happen. When life throws its curveballs, you're like, wait a minute, you know, you're floundering. I can't catch it. You may drop a couple of balls, but as long as you get back up, dust yourself off and definitely try to do better the next day. What I've always learned when I was starting off my weight loss journey, this was years ago, was that even if I drop off and doing something and I start right back up, my worst is not my bad. You know, my bad is not my worst. So if you are on that struggle bus, like I have been many times, many a day, this is the episode for you. And they're all the episodes for you. I feel like some podcasters and some people love to make it appear as if their life is like perfect and cookie cutter and everything is in its rightful place. But I'm from the concept of sometimes life isn't always cookie cutter. Sometimes life happens and you try to do your best. You try to show up as your best. And sometimes you're good at that. And sometimes you're not. So again, welcome to Conversations with Toy. I am your podcaster. My name is La Toy. I go by Toy, thus the name. I am also a blogger as well as a lifestyle content maker and creator I should say and I talk about wellness so I put all of that together how did I start this journey well if you listen to last week's episode we celebrated three years I keep saying we it always sounds so good to say we but I celebrated three years of using my space of this space here and my voice on the podcast but I am a blogger as well been blogging for almost nine years. How did I become and step into this space? It's really, really not that simple, but simple enough. I was going through postpartum a few years after I had my, not even a few years after, but with the births of my children. And 
my therapist said, you know, you have a love for writing, you have a love for just being creative and you, you're, you can tell your story really well. I think you should use that as a talent and a gift. And she suggested to be a blogger. I had no idea what that was about. I knew that once I started to research to figure out what it was, I was like, oh, that's what a blogger does. I write stuff all the time. I'm always putting my pen to paper. And so that's how I started. I started with no laptop, no equipment. I legit had, I think I had a Blackberry phone. I didn't even have an iPhone. That's how far we go back. Uh, I had a Blackberry phone. My Blackberry was life. And that's how I started this, uh, the blog. And then from the blog, I always thought I should start a podcast. But when people hear you say you want to start something new, you know, the naysayers be steadily waiting. Like you, it's amazing to me. If you ever think about this, when you start to say you want to do something and the naysayers are so swift, they ain't never swift in their own life. They don't never be that fast to figure out their own problems. They're never that quick and fast to figure out the stuff they mess up in. But God forbid you say, I want to do something positive. And here they go. Are you sure that's for you? Maybe you should let somebody else do it. Your voice may not be that great. Your writing may not be all that great. Listen, you will grow grow. You will grow into it. If you have a desire to do something, your gift will make room. Nobody can deny you your gift, no matter how much they try. And that's exactly how this all got started. So again, welcome. I know that was a long welcome, but you know, sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. That's just how life is. Anywho, this week has been very interesting. I have stepped myself back into that gym because listen, I love my body. Let me be very clear. I love my body. I love the curves. I love the thickness of it. Um, I used to have an issue after I had, I believe it was my second child. Let me just tell you how, how that started. When I had my first child, I lost that weight almost at the hospital. When I showed up at that hospital, it didn't look like I had a baby. And when I went into the hospital, it didn't look like I was going to have one either. So that first baby was like almost like a deceptive uh, uh, blanket because I thought for sure when I had the second child, it's going to be the same. A newsflash. That second child, mm mm-mm. Now with the first child, I had lost, I didn't really gain a lot of weight because I couldn't keep any food down. So my daughter was born about six weeks early. So I thought that if I could finally keep stuff down with the second pregnancy, I'm going to eat everything that they could give me. And baby girl, I show enough ate everything that was not nailed down to the ground. So if it was like a taco, give me all the tacos. I used, it used to be so bad that my husband's car sound, they knew who it was and they knew my order by hand because it used to be a Taco Bell right up the street from my house. And they had my order down packed. They knew I needed two chalupas with a Doritos Locos tacos with the Baja Blast and an extra cinnamon, I think the cinnamon twist, Sad but true, I would tear that thing up. And that would probably be after I had dinner. So I gained all that weight. And the people that I knew from like my childhood would see me and they would be like, oh my God, like you've gained so much weight. And that used to get underneath my skin. You know, after I went to therapy, it's amazing how you can see through some clear eyes. But why in the world did I let somebody two times bigger than me complain to me about how I they thought I was too big? It's like, were you projecting your foolishness on me? Because yes, I don't deny that I gained the weight. And I'm not saying that because their vessel was wrong, I couldn't receive the message. But come on now. Come on now. 
When I thought about how raggedy and backwards and off that was for me to take the the information from somebody else whose vessel was just like not doing what it needs to be doing. It definitely wasn't given as the young people say. How in the world did I allow somebody who already was struggling with their weight, who did not perfect their own issues, who, come on now, you know, but again, therapy will, it will open thine eyes. So again, I say all that to say is that I love the weight that I'm at, but the one thing that I want to work on is my arms. My arms is the first thing that catches the weight before anything else. Um, the other lower part of my other body is fine. It's the arms. So we, we work in the arms out in that gym and I got my tail up in there and I'm grateful. I'm excited and I'm happy. Um, you know, it's like riding a bike. I am very athletic to be honest with you. And so, yes, uh, so this week has been great getting back in the gym. Like I said, riding a bike. So I got into the gym the first day and I was like, we got this. And I mean, I was in there killing it. Now the next morning, now that next morning though, I woke up and was like, whose leg and whose body, whose arms are this? Because what's happening? But I will say I enjoyed the process of getting back into the flow of taking care of myself. I can't tell you how exciting it was to just see how I just felt like I didn't lose anything. I felt like I was, you know, had gotten them and I'm right where I needed to be. So for that, I was, am all the things of the excitement. So that means that now I can take that energy and apply it so that I can continue being consistent. And I just decided to myself, like, You know, all the times that I've ever done what I need to do for my body to make sure that I'm at my best self was just, it was from consistency, but it was just from discipline. Do I have enough discipline that when I don't want to go to the gym, I'm going to say, get your tail to the gym anyway. And so that's the season that I want to walk in right now. Just go back to that discipline lifestyle because I know that it will do what I needed to do. One thing I'm going to be adding into this gym session now that I'm starting back into the gym is to make sure that I add two days of yoga because I need to do that extra stretching. I am in my forties. I can't get up and just run to the gym and go do this thing and just get up and pounce around like I used to. However, what I can do is that give my body what it needs, which is some extra TLC and some extra stretching and some yoga to, again, keep my body and my joints open and doing the things that they need to. And it's really just about supporting myself. So if you have been struggling with getting back into the gym, getting back into the flow of adding movement to your life, listen, I I get it. Everybody thinks that you'll just live and your body will do what it needs to do forever. But if you don't use it, you will lose it. And I am back focused to do what I need to do. So that has been exciting. Um, also, <laughs> I did not tell people, I didn't tell a lot of people that I was going to be seeing Queen B, Beyonce, the queen herself. And there's a reason for it. For one, I wasn't originally going to go. Um, I had no plans of going to see Beyonce because the way y'all was out here proclaiming that them ticket prices was on $1,000. I didn't have $1,000 to give to the Queen Bee. It's just, I'm sorry. Um, there's just other things on my plan, my life that I'm working on. I got a child that's in high school, two other kids and both, all of them in private school. I can't just be giving on a thousand dollars. That's, that's a, somebody's tuition. That's somebody's something. So I didn't even consider it. Now that would, if I had not gone to see Queen Bee, that would have actually been the first concert that I've missed of hers. I have not missed one since she was in Destiny's Child. So I was excited that my husband did the due diligence of doing some work and research and he discovered some tickets and we were able to get them and we did not have to buy, pay for an arm and a leg for them. And I'm grateful. So it's exciting to know that, yes, I was able to go and um, let's talk about it. Now, Beyonce, Giselle knows 
Carter owes me nothing. Not a dollar, not money, not time, not energy, not nothing. She didn't owe me nothing like that before, but she definitely don't owe me now. For anybody who was at the Philadelphia show, this was the first stop of her U.S. tour. And baby, it was an amazing amazing experience so now that my voice may sound different from when I first recorded let me just tell you worth it absolutely worth it that show was great now we did get there about six o'clock um I think the parking lot opened up at about one or two but you know we ain't doing all that but they were saying oh get there at six and the show was going to start at seven and we all knew that wasn't going to work out wasn't going to happen however we did get there at 6, about 6.15. We actually walked in. Um, one of the things that my husband and I love to do is when we go to shows is we like to go to see our seats first, especially if we're there in more than enough time. So we went in, we sat in the club box seatings. We went in and we found our chair, found our seating, which nobody was sort of kind of there. It was kind of empty, which was great. So we can go scout it out. And once we scouted out the seats, then we went and got our drinks there was a full where we were sitting because we sat in club box seatings there was a full like several bars that were kind of like connected almost like an indoor facility and well worth it well worth it we had um about two margaritas and we had some water because you know you need some water to keep yourself hydrated but let me just say normally when you go to sports complexes um i find that the drinks are a little bit watered down these drinks were absolutely perfection legit absolute perfection they had more than enough alcohol content in them and i say that because who's spending like 15 dollars per drink only to be tasting some juice with ice i i listen not me and so one thing that i will commend the lincoln financial field is that they have the aluminum cups and they help to keep your drink cold my drinks our drinks lasted well um, for what we needed them and they just did what they needed to do but we had an amazing time but the only thing I just do regret about my time and how we did it there was that we should have went to the merchandise um, spot first then went to scout the seats then went to get the drinks because by the time the night ended we ended up going to the merch table last and I knew not to do that and honestly I have nobody to blame but myself but nonetheless, by the time we got to the merchandise table at the end to try to get, you know, whatever stuff we wanted to get with Beyonce on it, um, most of the things were there. The only thing that had sold out was the fan, but I'm assuming that people bought the fan before the show, which I kept saying I wanted a fan, so I should have gotten one because, of course, by the time I thought about a fan, when I was putting my outfit together, it was too late to grab it. Nonetheless, um, I got the shirt that I wanted, and so I'd have no complaints about the gear. I almost did get into a little uh, tussle with the girl because she came from behind, I guess, tried to push her way in front of me. And let me just say this. I do understand that the more aggressive you are, that's when you're driving or when you're in line or whatever the case may be. You know, you do end up getting it and pushing yourself up front, but I just wasn't having it. Just wasn't. Like, it was too late at night for that. But I will say, um, it was how, you know, it was, we... We got through it. I basically stood my ground, did not let her through. And I mean, she was saying what she was saying, but like, you know, how are you going to come from behind somebody and just, you know, get in line? But outside of that, I will say this, the, the, the energy in the city 
And especially when everybody came together, people just wanted to have a good time. They There was no riffraff that I saw. Maybe there was some other reported riffraff. I haven't heard anything yet, but just in case. But for me, from where I was sitting, the people I knew, the people I didn't know, everybody's energy was high. Like Everybody wanted to see Beyonce. Everybody wanted to have a good time. There was no drama. People danced, laughed. It just was a great moment. And our seats were absolute perfection. I honestly know that the seats that we had could not have gotten any better um, because we were in a club about seatings and the seating where we were at, we were on the second row of our section. And let me just say there wasn't any, there was people behind us, but they were a little elevated. So they weren't directly behind us. And so, and the front of us was fine. We had clear vision to see everything. We didn't have any obstructions or anything like that. So it was perfection. Like I said, I wasn't even originally going to go to the show and then we ended up, um, finding the availability to do so and um so now I can say I've been to every Beyonce concert and I didn't have to you know break up my win my streak and I'm grateful for it the experience was amazing again I cannot say this enough I know you're probably going to hear it or have already heard it from people who have who attended the same show because again we were the first United States show um of her tour but it's you know we had a great time and the memories that were made are just everything and again, was it worth the money? Yes. Was it worth the time? A double yes. Nothing about that show was bad. Beyonce, I've never known. Again, I've been to every Beyonce concert. There's been not one that wasn't amazing. Not one. Um, I remember seeing Beyonce when I was pregnant with my last child. I was, I think, four to five months pregnant. And this is when I had just finally got out of the stage when I was like getting sick and throwing up. And I remember standing like I was like where the beehive. I don't think she called it the beehive then. Maybe she did. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But wherever the beehive was at, I was on the floor like literally looking up at her. And um, and being pregnant and five months pregnant and knowing that my feet was going to hurt and all the things, it did not matter. I still stood out there and you know and enjoyed myself so again no show that I've ever been to where Beyonce has been the headliner even when her and Jay-Z did the show together it's never been a time where the show has not been dynamic between the graphics between um the dancers the music you know I love live music and so all everything about the show was done to profession perfection I should say and again if you are attending a show here in the United States I employ you to go. Also, there were so many last minute tickets. So therefore, when people tell you again, we talked about this before, but when people tell you, oh, it's to this, it's to that, look for yourself, research for yourself, discover that for yourself, because people will literally walk you out of stuff just because it's not their thing. And I get it. As a Beyonce and, and the Beehive fan, everybody is not a part of that fandom and everybody doesn't get it. Everybody doesn't understand it. But what I will say is everybody will spend their money according to what they want to spend their money on. So your money may not go to Beyonce. Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe your money don't go to Beyonce. Maybe it's vacation. And what you see is valuable is valuable to you and not valuable to somebody else. And so my personal pet peeve is the one thing I had to just like cut people off is first of all, don't ask me how much my tickets were. Because you weren't sitting in my section. And if you wanted to know, you could have went on ahead and looked them up when you were when you just could have looked them up and then been on your way. Right. That's number one. Um, number two, don't say things like, oh, well, that sure was expensive. Because, again, don't don't clock me. Don't clock me. Don't clock my money. Don't clock my situation. You don't know what we got going on over here. You don't know where we are in our in our lives. So don't don't clock me. 
Don't clock me. Don't clock my family. Don't figure out what we doing, what we ain't doing, what we can do. Don't don't do that. And I'm not saying that as a personal to me. And I'm saying generally to everybody. Stop clocking and worrying about what somebody is paying for. Unless one of the people from the Beehive, specifically a few days after they had been to that concert, asked you to borrow money for whatever reason or asking you to pay their bills or furnish um, their house or put groceries on their table, then nothing that they spend, it didn't come out your pilot, your pocket. It didn't come out your bank account. Don't worry about what people are doing. And that's one of my personal pet peeves. Stop clocking people's money, especially when it don't cost you anything. Because again, we all, every last one of us make value on what we want to do. And so let grown people be grown. Today's guest is Christina Manns Lacaney, and she is an international speaker, entrepreneur, an artist, a philanthropist, and a mother of two kids. And you know, we stand for moms and amazing women every single day. Now, as a co-founder of Mind Valley, a leading publisher in the personal growth industry, Christina has dedicated the last 17 years of her career from teachers like Michael Beckwith, Bob Proctor, Lisa Nichols, and many more. Christina helps her students to virtually hack happiness by taking them through her unique framework called Hacking Happiness. That's correct. It's called Hacking Happiness, which is a unique framework of balancing your life and taking in every moment and paying close attention to the small daily choices. Christina just released her brand new book and it's called Becoming Flossom. And in her book, Christina shares her own journey from being on top of a personal growth empire like Mind Valley to stepping aside, conscious and uncoupling from her husband and walking her path towards being more honest with herself. We absolutely love a woman that's going to take charge and understand that the small things that you do every single day do count and they do get you to the best uh, possible way for your journey. And so with that in mind, let's listen to Christina as we talk about her brand new book. We talk about her journey. We talk about the things that she has learned and let's take a listen. All right. Happy Friday to the conversations with toy family. We are grateful, grateful, grateful to have you here. And you know, I love, 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 love bringing in new guests because why not? We get to learn from other people, learn from other people's perspectives about life. And today is no different. We have an amazing guest today. We have Christina. She is here with us and she is going to share with us something about herself, some things she's learned. She has an amazing book coming out. So we have a lot to cover. So let's not dilly dally any further. Christina, thank you for being here and thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So just, you know, we've learned a little bit about you prior to us coming in and I want to hear about this, this, this topic of flossom. Mm. I saw that you, this flossom is like your thing. So tell me about that. So other people can understand what that means to you. I think it's a fancy word, flossom, but really what I'm talking about is, uh, can you uh, do what you love to do? Can you achieve success? Can you create and, uh, you know, have a meaningful life on your own terms? And I think everybody of us has uh, a moment in life when we we go for something and we start um, compromising uh, our own values for the sake of actually making it happen. I think uh, women particularly ca can relate to that. If we end up in the masculine world, we very often, uh, you know, find the pants in the in the closet and 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 become a little bit more masculine just to 
just to uh, have level ground. So, uh, but but it's not just uh, you know fem- f- feminine, masculine. It's actually about anything that is important to us. Very often, when we uh, when we go out in the world and try to achieve things, we are facing the dilemma: uh, Do I stick to what I am in reality, or do I uh, adjust? Do I adapt? Do I do as people expect me to do, so that I actually fit in, so that I actually have a chance? So, Flossum is about finding strength in your uniqueness and the things that maybe you feel are your weaknesses at the moment, or maybe you think that these are uh, impediments or, or some kind of um, obstacles in your way, but finding strength in them and actually finding your unique value in those things. I like the way that you say that because I feel like so many times, or oftentimes I should say, we're so dead set on making sure no one ever sees our flaws. We're so dead set on like covering that part of us as if we're not human, as if we don't have to live with the fact that we all are flawed in some way. Like there's something about you, something about me, something about everyone is listening that either can become a strength if we allow it to, but we don't think like that. We think of, okay, I have this flaw. Somebody is going to know someone's going to see it or see me and I'm not good enough to then continue trying to be the best that I can. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the, curious twist to that is that how much does the opinion of the world really matter we very often say that i can't do that because that's not what's expected from me or my peers want something else or my family or uh, i don't know spouse whoever Uh, but in reality we cast our first judgment on ourselves and then um it's it's a very uh good uh line to say uh, I can't because I wouldn't be understood I wouldn't be accepted I wouldn't be liked Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say in my book is that your own opinion about you matters a great deal uh, because that's the opinion that you carry carry uh, like a costume when you go out into the world and train the world to treat you Uh, to be a little bit less um, abstract and give maybe a more practical example I'm in personal growth for 20 years, a little over 20 years now. And of course, I've heard a lot of speakers, a lot of authors, writers on stage. And there are two different pictures that sometimes uh, are presented. Sometimes you read a book and the writer is amazing. The person is absolutely wise. Uh, it's, It's crazy. And then you see that same person on stage. If they do not believe that they're good speakers, it doesn't matter how wise, how an amazing author that person is. I've seen amazing authors totally bomb just because they doubt, just because they get intimidated. Um, In fact, recently I found a research that says we are not paid at work what we are worth. We are paid at work what we think we are worth. Mm. So that's that's probably one of the main uh, ideas that I think is is super important about my book is that your opinion matters to a great degree. It's not about like, I don't care if you like me as long as I like me. No, if I like me, it's much more likely that you will like me as well. I love that. Cause I feel like sometimes we limit, like you said, this whole limitation, we limit ourselves on what we're able to do. And, you know, it's hard because it's like, we know we shouldn't limit ourselves, right? We should not limit ourselves in any capacity, but we do. It's like human nature almost. And we find ourselves like teeter-tottering, like some people say about, some people call it the, um, what is it? The, um, there's a word that they that a lot of people use. And it's it's basically just this inferior factor where we're just like, oh, you know, that I, I can't really, I can't walk into something because I, I need to be more of something else. Yeah, but it's it's debilitating in a way, in my opinion. I think it's debilitating if you allow it. 
Yeah, we uh, we have a fairly interesting uh, picture of what we have to be. <laughs> and uh, I also like to um, compare it to falling in love in relationships. Uh, there is this uh, phenomenon when we fall in love with someone, we actually fall in love with an idea of that picture of that person. Uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, all of us have a list of perfect qualities for our love partner so when we meet someone we start ticking off those qualities and we uh, close our eyes at least initially we close our, our eyes on things which are worrying uh, we pretend that the red flags don't exist or we we uh, excuse them we rationalize them we hope that this is not important but then when uh, our biology comes down <laughs> and uh, this in loveness is over, which happens in a few months, we start seeing a person for what that person really is. Mm -hmm. And then we really have a choice. Uh, are you going to keep loving the person the way they are, the real version of that person? Uh, or are you going to get disappointment and unlove, uh, disappointed and unlove the person? So we do that to ourselves as well, especially people who come to personal growth and transformation. We have this picture of what it would mean to be the better version of me, the ideal version of me. And uh, when we talk about self-love, very often we talk about it conditionally. Mm -hmm. I deserve self-love if I correspond to that picture. But if you see the real picture of you, are you willing to love the real picture of you before you become that better version of you? Or is it like in the relationships, you know, you're going to just fall out of love and look for another partner? I love that. So you have a new book. Let's talk about that. Uh, what the name of the book and how did you start this process? Because I can't only imagine writing a book. Like I'm and my thought process that I have writing a book on the list of things that I want to do, but I haven't taken the first step, of course. But tell me about your new book and just like what you want to accomplish with this amazing book. Uh, well, for me, it has been all upside down. <laughs> As I said, I've been in personal growth for 20 years and being an entrepreneur in personal growth. So, so I was more in the role of a publisher. Of course, Mind Valley has evolved. Now we are more of an educational institution rather than just a publisher. But uh, obviously, I've had a lot of good friends, mentors, um, just business advisors who would say, you have to write a book. It's your business model. Of course, you are in it. And I just couldn't. <laughs> I had created things as an author, but uh, the book just wasn't coming. Uh, and I'd like to joke that it's a COVID baby because I did write it during COVID lockdowns. Uh, okay. But I think it is a, a combination of a joke and reality. Uh, well, the thing is, I was ready. I was ready for it. I didn't write it because I had to. Uh, it's like, you know, when a, a woman wants to have a child, <laughs> she has to conceive first, then she has to be pregnant for nine months, then mm -hmm. she has to deliver, and then she has to breastfeed and, and so on and so on. So for me, that was the same thing. I... I knew I wanted to have a book, but I just wasn't ready for it. And it was around COVID time, maybe because we were in lockdown, we had more time with ourselves. It was more introspective period, you know, more existentialist. So uh, I kind of became ready. But then when I was ready, it was the same, like with a child. Once the child is coming, it's coming. You can't hold it in. So that was my my situation. I just couldn't hold it in anymore. I was ready. I wrote it. Uh, but I have to say that I wrote it to be self-published and when I decided to uh, send it into print 
that's when I changed my mind and went with the publisher because um, it's my baby after all, one of, <laughs> not the no, flesh no. and baby, right. but I wanted to give it the best. So so that's why I'm saying it's all upside down. I, I wrote it completely the reverse way than it should have been. Well, you know, the concept of what should have been is what worked for you. Because, you know, <laughs> a lot of times the best things that we can do sometimes doesn't come from the most traditional way. So if it came that way, that's how that was supposed to be coming. So the book is called Becoming Flossom. Yes. And it's out. And now, however you've worked it out and all the ups and downs of it and this new baby, this baby is birthed. What are you expecting for the reader? What do you want the reader to take away from this book? That's such a tricky question. You know, these were the arguments we had with my publisher, because as I said, I wrote it to be self-published and I was writing a book about being true to yourself, being right. authentic, right? So um, naturally, <laughs> I, I also have a little bit of this obstinacy. So we did we did have a lot of arguments with my publisher about uh, what to expect from my what what kind of journey to expect from my reader. The thing is that I don't believe in teaching. <laughs> and yeah. it may come surprising uh, coming from a person who is a co-founder of one of the biggest educational companies in personal growth. Uh, but I also think that people change when they're ready for that. And any form of uh, trying to force people or or nudge people or help people in a certain way, uh, if, if you look at it purely in its essence, it's a little bit manipulative. And uh, having children, I get it. We want the best for our uh, loved ones. And we very often believe that, um, you know, we know what's best for our loved ones. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of danger in forcing people for change. So because I don't believe in force changing people and force transformation, uh, I actually don't believe in teaching too much. So I think I think and I hope that my book is a journey uh, which is for every single reader to discover. Uh, I am going to be um, accompanying a reader on that journey, but I do not know how it's going to unfold. I like to compare it to, uh, you know, to Tolkien's Bilbo, which is the mm. prequel to Lord of the Rings. Uh, it was Bilbo's journey through the forest, through the mountains, into the cave, facing the dragon. Gandalf was there for, with him, but it was Bilbo's journey. So uh, I think that every reader uh, is going to discover their own journey because the destination is your true self. And the everybody's part, true self is their own unique destination, isn't it? Right. And I think I love the part in your book that it has reflection points. So points where you can <laughs> stop. You know, when you read a book, and you're not just reading it straight through. You have moments where you can do exercises, things that you can think about and reflect. These are then, like you said, the lessons that you then turn into the learning process for yourself. So you're able to stop, reflect, do the exercises and break that down so that before you move on, you don't have to just move on. Like, you know, when in certain books, you just, you're just constantly reading and you're just moving through it. You're reading other people's, but like this one allows you to be more of a personal, um, almost like a personal lesson book for you. And you're able to, to take your time and work through that. I like that. Yeah. I hope, I hope it is so because, uh, your transformation is your own doing. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the audience. Of course, mm -hmm. everybody is listening that your transformation is your own uh, doing. And I can't do the transformation. Nobody can do the transformation for you. Uh, in 20 years in personal growth, what I've discovered that knowledge doesn't change your life. 
Knowledge doesn't change anything. Yes, you need knowledge. But what changes your life is when knowledge is coupled with experience, because you need experience for uh, for you to digest that knowledge, for it to move from the the your cognitive knowledge, you know, something which you get in your brain, it's holding here, into your cellular level, into your heart, into seeing the world in a different way. For that, knowledge needs to go through experience. Right. But the reverse is also true. Experience without knowledge is empty. It's fun. It's it's maybe not necessarily fun, but experience without knowledge is just that. It's it's what makes life juicy. Knowledge is what gives uh, your experience some level of introspection, some kind of perspective, and actually helps you to uh, translate it into transformation. So transformation, in my opinion, is knowledge plus experience, and both are necessary, which is why I don't believe in uh, pure teaching. We're coming back to the same thing, because teaching mm-hmm. is very often sharing the knowledge but the person will only get it once they experience it in their life and then it will be like oh now I understand what you meant right before before that experience you will be like yeah it kind of makes sense I believe in it but that's not how I live so because of that I as I said I don't believe in teaching but I do believe in the power of questions And I think that transformation, the best driver for transformation is actually not pain, not inspiration, but curiosity, just pure curiosity. Ask yourself questions and the world will start unfolding. Not being afraid of the answers too, because that's the other part. Oh yeah. (laughs) Asking questions and then not being afraid of the answers. That's the, that's the, that other part. So I always like to talk about self-care because, you know, a lot of the things that we do and the way that we move and especially in the way that we take care of ourselves obviously comes in the form of self-care, how we take care of our mindset, our bodies and things like that. How do you, how do, what are the, what are your go-to self-care? Well, uh, again, contrary to a lot of expectations, I have very simple rituals. My absolute favorite ritual is to hug my children in the morning and tell them, humans, I love you. <laughs> we sometimes, okay, my son is now fairly big, so it's a little harder. Uh, but um, it's it's literally just reminding me of... Um, of of uh, this joy, which is always there. Future is so unpredictable, but but these kids are here with me. Uh, they're growing up too fast. Uh, I, of course, I, yes. I I meditate. I I'm mindful about my movement and my my food and everything. I have all of that. I don't meditate actually as as um, traditionally as a lot of people do. I believe in ongoing meditation. It's a little more new school, uh, but I'm not very traditional with self-care. And if I, if you don't mind, um, I'll, I'll try to explain why. Mm-hmm. I believe that, well, this device, it's a phone. Oh, mm-hmm. People can't see it because it's in podcast. <laughs> so I don't, I don't charge my phone out of love for this device. I charge it because if I don't, it will break. Uh, not break. I mean, it will just not work. Right. <laughs> it, I won't be able to use it. So for me, self-care in essence is like charging batteries. You absolutely have to do that. But self-care doesn't replace self-love, which is my biggest focus. So you can say in a way that there are rituals which I have to maintain my self-love, but it is not so much about self-care because when we talk about self-care, we imagine uh, like a massage session or, or meditation or walk. I like all of that. I do massage once a week. I meditate. I walk a lot. I love walking. I love nature. But my biggest focus on is on self-love because self-love is about thriving, while self-care, in my opinion, is about surviving. So that would be a much longer conversation. 
I get it though. I get it. I I, I like the way that you interchange, well, not necessarily interchange it, but like use it to focus on not just the act of the, of the self-care. <laughs> Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes of <laughs> uh, self-care, but it's <clears throat> when you show yourself self-love, you literally are putting yourself in a position to make sure that you're taking care of the things that are about you. Yes. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, as I said, self-care is definitely important. It's just important also to remember that just because you take care of yourself uh, doesn't mean that you really love yourself. I've seen, again, I've been in, in this industry, I've seen a lot of people who take really good care of the shell. Mm -hmm. They look good. Everything's good. Everything is in its place. Their outfits is right. Makeup is yeah. done. They look beautiful, but they're not taking care of themselves. The, the reverse, though, is true. If you love yourself, you generally do take care of yourself. Right. So what is so now that we're in the summertime, what are some of your summertime go to's? Like, what are you looking forward to now that we're in the summer? You have this new book that's out. You're like, you know, summertime is more like we get a little bit more mindfully free. What are you looking forward to do? So we usually have a very huge event in July. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one because it's going to be fun seeing people again, um, meeting new authors, teachers. I love getting inspired by new new people. Uh, but apart from that, before that happens, what I'm looking forward to is to the longest day of the year because I live so far north. <laughs> in winter, it's really, really dark and summer it doesn't get dark at all. I really lo love that period of time. Okay. It's uh it's not too warm but just the light just the light um the whole time uh it doesn't get completely dark uh it just I don't know it just charges your batteries without any effort. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes when the sun is out or just having light it just makes you feel so much lighter like you're just freer like you're just like you know kind of bouncing around and you're just I don't know it's just a little more freer. Yeah, and I'm definitely hoping to spend some time uh, in my country, ho uh, country home. Uh, I just built it recently a year ago. Nice. And I bought sheep there and I built some climbing uh, ro ropes course for my kids. <laughs> I hope to have some, <laughs> some uh, wild forest time away from, from civilization before, before we go into this big event. Okay. I love that. So how can some of the re the listeners find you? How can they find you on the social media? If you have any social, we will, um, just everyone knows every time I do this, I always put all of this in the show notes so that you can click on it. So if you're working out or if you're doing something while you're listening, thank you for tuning in, but don't feel like you have to remember because we're going to make it clickable. That's cool. Thanks for that. So my book would be uh, on my website, which is christinamand.com. But Christina is written in an Estonian way. So it's with a K. Christinamand.com slash book. So it's super easy. And Christina Mand is also my handle for my social media. I'm most present in Instagram. And I don't have a ghostwriter there or anywhere for that matter. <laughs> I no, that's my... good to know, because sometimes I feel like some people think that they're re they're responding to a person, but they're not because they have a team of people. And that changes the game. I, I don't have a ghostwriter for any of my stuff either. So it's good that they know that if they're sending me a message, it actually is me speaking to them. So that works. Yeah, customer support is a little different story. I, of course, I have people who do that. But when it comes to my writing, it's me. Yeah, because I consider myself a writer. Would, what kind of writer would I be uh, if I you, a ghostwriter? You have to be a writer to put a book out. So you are a writer in all yeah. things. 
Well, thank you so much, Christina, for being with us. We cannot wait to get this book. Listen, get this book, Becoming Flossom. It is going to be in the show notes that you can click on it so that you can purchase it, so you can use it. It's a tool. It's another tool to use to just help you get to, you know, wherever your journey is taking you. Uh, Christina, do you have anything else to add before we sign out? Um. I don't have anything else to add. I mean, I could add another hour of talking, but for now I would say just, just you know, have courage and be kind. That's what Cinderella's mama told her. And it seems to be working. Listen, we could use an extra sprinkle of kindness every single day. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. All right. So what did you think about this week's episode? I want you to make sure that you get Christina's book, um, Becoming Flossom, because again, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing every single day, that you are making the best choices to get you to your next level. And we appreciate you, Christina, for being a part of this conversation. I hope that this weekend is going to bring you so much joy. We are still in our summertime vibes. So make sure that you plan some special time for yourself, whether it's reading a magazine, clearing up a space that you've been having on your mind and heart, whatever it is, find one activity, one, just one. It only takes one activity that you truly enjoy so that you can, again, fill your cup. Listen, life is already hard. It comes with its own level of stress. And one thing we are going to learn how to do is to implement self-care to make sure that we take care of ourselves and we put pride into what we put out for ourselves. Love on yourself a little bit more. It's okay to say no to people. Exercise your no muscles this weekend. Listen, I know because I play Uber parents sometimes between me and my husband, but sometimes there has been many a times when I had to tell people, I'm sorry, I cannot attend your event because I need to reset. I need to recharge. I need to just have downtime and there's nothing wrong with that. So whether you do an activity where it takes you outside of your home or you keep it low key, but whatever it is, enjoy your weekend. We will be back next week with more episodes. I will be trying to drop as many clips as I can of this amazing uh, episode. And if there's something that you heard in today's episode that resonated with you, leave us a review on this episode as well as go back and listen to many of the other episodes. We have so much great content that's going to help you. We at least that's the goal that I hope that it does help you in some way to, you know, think clearly to know that you're not all, you know, all the way off, that your feelings are very valid. I want all those things for you. Um, follow me on all the social media. You can find me as Toy Time Blog. Make sure you follow Christina. I have all of her information in the show notes. So you remember we make everything clickable. Y'all know y'all love that. Y'all don't like looking up things. So we got you. Make sure that you do just that. Support the book Becoming Flossom. Have yourself a great weekend. The drink of the day. I'm going to have to kick it over to an amazing strawberry smoothie of which I will have that in the show notes because you know I've gotten myself back into the gym this week and just trying to keep myself a little bit healthier because you know gotta move something so you don't lose it have a great weekend thank you for listening to conversations with toy we'll be back next week with a brand new episode with a brand new guest Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.